Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's, and a special welcome to our visitors who are worshiping with us today. Who is God? It's the most important question that you'll ever be asked, and at one point in time in the future, everyone will have to answer that. If you ask ten different people in our world today, you'll probably get ten different answers. But God reveals himself to us today. We call him the triune God, even though that word is never used in Scripture. It's how God describes himself in Scripture and reveals himself to us. We believe in the triune God. We'll hear more about that in our worship service today as we follow the order of service in your hymnal, in your bulletin, and also projected on the screen. Let's begin with our first hymn, 612.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with the tune of the dancing. Praise him with the strings and the Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. The Lord, who gave life to all nations and desires the salvation of all nations, invites us to confess our sins and receive his forgiveness. Heavenly Father, though you created humans in your image, I was born in the fallen image of Adam and Eve. I have wasted, neglected, and abused the gifts of your creation. Son of God, though you bought me and I belong to you, I have used my time and energy to please myself rather than serve you. Holy Spirit, Though you have called me in the word, I have ignored and closed my ears to your guidance and grace. I deserve to be shut out from your presence now and forever. Have mercy on me, a sinner. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him by the Spirit shall not perish but have eternal life. God's Son lived a holy life in your place and was lifted up on the cross to remove your sin by his death. He has risen again to prove his victory is yours. As a called servant of Christ, and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God and Father, dwelling in majesty and mystery, filling and renewing all creation by your eternal spirit, and manifesting your saving grace through our Lord Jesus Christ, in mercy cleanse our hearts and lips 
that free from doubt and fear, we may ever worship you, one true immortal God, with your Son and the Holy Spirit, living and reigning, now and forever. Please be seated. Who is God? He's the God who made the heavens and the earth, and us too. We already see that God is not only one God, but also three persons right here in Genesis chapter 1, as he said, let us make man in our own image, in our own likeness. So we praise the God who created us. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. And let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living thing with which the water teems and that moves about in it according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. 
rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day he rested from his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. The word of the Lord. Our psalm for today, Psalm 8, uh, the congregation is asked to sing along with the refrains as indicated.
the Lord, the triune God, made us, but we sinned against him. And it is only by his blessing and under his blessing that we are saved and that we live at all. Our second lesson from 2 Corinthians chapter 13 serves as the basis for our sermon today. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All God's people here send their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The word of the Lord. stand in honor of the gospel. So who is God? He's the God who put his name on you in your baptism to save you and make you his own. And he's the God who has loved all nations as well and gives us this mission to share his name with everyone. The gospel from Matthew 28. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for our next hymn, 483.
grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word for our consideration in our sermon today, the second lesson from 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. We often sing that song, the doxology, uh, that phrase of praise, because it is from God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, from whom all of our blessings do flow. The air that surrounds us, that we need to breathe, day after day, minute after minute, summer sun that streams to us bringing warmth and light, the rain that keeps our fields and our yards green and growing, the loved ones that we hold near and dear, our country, our homes, our livelihood, all of these blessings flowing from our God and from him alone. In him we live and move and have our being. He sustains all things by his powerful word, and apart from him there is no Savior. Without our God's blessings flowing to us, we would be in a deep drought, a dry desert destined for death. Because of his blessings that flow to us, it's like a mighty river bringing life and health and strength and every good thing. No wonder Paul's parting words in his second inspired letter to the Corinthians, he spoke a blessing. Blessings, actually, from the triune God. And this blessing is still spoken among Christians all over the world at the end of some morning liturgies. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. These blessings from our God are reason for us to rejoice because not only are these blessings with us and stay with us, but he himself does as well. Rejoice with God's blessings. Because of them, we are restored. We are also reunited. Things were really breaking down in the Corinthian congregation. They were falling apart. There were divisions between the members in the Corinthian congregation. There were divisions over which Christian leader they followed and which one they thought was best and put up on a pedestal. They were disregarding the power and the wisdom of Christ and his cross. They were taking each other to court, bringing lawsuits against each other. They were committing all, all kinds of sexual sins, even gross ones, and they were taking pride in it. They were living by flaunting their Christian freedom without any regard to what it did or how it affected other people. Some were abusing the Lord's Supper selfishly. Still others were denying that the resurrection of the dead was even a thing. And that was just in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Now, in his second letter to the Corinthians, they were slow to forgive a Christian brother 
who had sinned but had repented and was sorry for that sin. They were a little bit slow and distracted from an offering that was taking place, helping out the saints over in Jerusalem. And they were being won over by some other ministers, some other preachers who brought a different Christ, who proclaimed a different gospel, and who were instilling a different spirit among them. Things were just falling apart there in Corinth. And so Paul said to them at the end of this letter, strive for full restoration. They needed to be restored. And even though the Corinthians were part of that, they were included in that restoration, it was actually God's work going to restore them. It was supposed to be a full thing, not just a little bit or this area of my life or that sin, but full restoration, and it was to be an ongoing thing. Not just, well, I'll work on things this week, but I'm just going to let them go next month. Full restoration. Kind of like what needs to happen with a car. A car that has been junked, it's been totaled, can't drive it, it's there in the junkyard, but someone comes along and says, I want that. And they go to the effort and the expense to buy some extra parts, to do some replacement, to put in the extra care and time that it takes, not just so that car runs again, just gets you from A to B, but restoring it fully to mint condition, as good as new. That's the kind of restoration that they needed and that you and I need too. Because whether we realize it or not, our congregation and our country is so much like ancient Corinth. So many of the same issues that were present and prevalent back then are happening in our country and among Christians here even today. Corinth was a wealthy city, all kinds of trade and business and commerce going on there. Corinth was a crossroads for people from all over, just like our country is. People from many different nations, many different religions, different backgrounds. In our country, we value wisdom. And usually in our country, that's wisdom apart from anything that has to do with the true and triune God. Sexual sins abound in our country. So often, all around us, we're immersed in a world, in a society that says, you do whatever you want, you're free to do that. It doesn't matter how it affects other people. Think of yourself, do what makes you feel good. A lot of people live as though there's no resurrection. Nothing to prepare myself for, to make sure I'm ready for, nothing to put my hope in in the future. What resurrection? Here and now is what's most important. Forgive? No, I'd rather hold a grudge and stay divided after what that person did or who that person voted for or what that person stands for. No forgiveness here. All the distractions that we have in our country. Buy this. You deserve that. Put this on credit. All kinds, all kinds of distractions from what's most important. And so many different voices vying for our attention. Other ideas seeking to draw us away, trying to make us distant from the ministers that Christ sends to us and the message that the true God gives to us 
follow other popular ideas, like a bug heading for a light. We need to be restored too. And the only way that happens is the same way it did for the Corinthians. It's God's work restoring us. God's work through the law, he works godly sorrow. It hurts to hear that, that we're junk, that we're scrap, that we deserve to be crushed. But then he builds us up with the comfort from God that he gives to his people so that they can comfort others too. The gospel, we are restored by the triune God and the blessings he gives to us. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul starts out with Jesus, the Son, in this as he lists the three persons of the triune God. Usually, we hear Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That order, as Jesus did in the Gospel lesson today. That order, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is usually because of the internal relationship between the members of the triune God. The Father begat the Son from eternity, the Son is begotten by the Father from eternity, and the Son sends the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is sent by the Father and the Son, so we usually list them in that order, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But here, Paul lists the Son first. And that's significant, because he is the mediator between us and God. It's only through him do we have access to God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ and his grace, he is the Lord. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. He's Jesus. That's the name by which he was to be called. The Lord saves, the Savior of the world. Christ, the anointed one, the one chosen and approved by God to be our prophet, priest, and king. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. He's not just the Lord, he's our Lord. He bought us with his blood and he belongs to us. We call him ours through faith, that faith that was a gift of his to us. He did all the work for our restoration. Jesus' perfect life in place of ours. He paid for our restoration in full, his death at the cross. All of this given to us by grace, a free gift. We don't have to pay it for it. We could never earn or deserve it. All by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Also, the love of God. God's love is not just a feeling. His love is not a romantic love or a taste love, as in I love pizza. His love is a giving and a selfless love that seeks the best interests of others. God so loved the world. God's love is a love for the loveless, for you and me. His love is so big that it embraced the entire world. That means that all of our brokenness, all of our burdens, all of our sins, God's love is bigger God's love has removed that in Christ Jesus our Lord. We oftentimes say, I love someone, 
or someone loves me. But God's love, the love of God is really in a class all by itself. He tells us this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and gave his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. How great is the love that the Heavenly Father has lavished on us that we should be called his children, fully restored because of the love of God. As Paul says here, that love of God is with you all. Even if we don't feel it every day, even if it doesn't seem like it every day, when God says something, that's how it is. We heard that in the first lesson, right? God said, let there be light, and it was so. God said, let there be a sky, and it was so. God says, the love of God is with you all, and it is so. As you leave this place, wherever you go, every day, the love of God will be with you all. And the fellowship of of the Holy Spirit. That word fellowship really has the idea of being together again. Our sins had separated us from God, but the Holy Spirit brings us back together with God. The Holy Spirit does that through God's word, the word that he carried the Old Testament prophets as they spoke for God. He inspired the apostles in the New Testament and gave us this word that makes us wise for salvation in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Holy Spirit gave you and me fellowship with God in our baptisms as he gave us rebirth and renewal and washed our sins away. The Holy Spirit gives us fellowship with God, restores us once again as we come to communion, receiving Jesus' true body and blood and the promise of forgiveness there by the Holy Spirit's words. He reminds us of everything Jesus has taught us, the fellowship we have with God. Now, Paul could have mentioned all kinds of other blessings from the Holy Spirit, such as wisdom, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness. After all, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit possess and impart all of those blessings, but he focuses on fellowship here. We are together, restored once again with God. The blessings from God are kind of like a brand new car with all the bells and whistles, the moonroof, the leather seats, the heated steering wheel, heated seats, the chrome, the premium sound, the color display touch screen on the dashboard, the dual exhaust, the LED lights, the navigation on board, the emergency assist system, all of that. Just like a new car that's fully decked out and fully equipped are all the rich blessings that flow to us from our triune God. Because of that, we rejoice. Those blessings have restored us with him. But those blessings also reunite us with each other. Could you imagine an automotive repair shop where everyone did whatever he wanted to do or she wanted to do? The car comes in for an oil change and the mechanic decides to change the tires. Two mechanics can't agree. They each see things their own way. I've got my way and you either do it my way or the highway. The scheduler for the day 
decides, I'm going to give most people the, the day off, even though there's a full slate of repairs to be done. The service rep decides to charge half price because the person's his buddy. What a mess this would be. There's no unity there. That's what things were like in Corinth. Everyone doing whatever he wanted. And that can happen in Christian congregations still today. That's why Paul closed by saying, encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. We need that unity. But that blessing is from the Holy Spirit too, from our God. It's really flowing from the blessing of fellowship. Not only does God reunite us with himself, but he reunites us with each other. Be of one mind. God does that as he renews us by the transforming of our mind through the scriptures. Encourage one another. Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but keep meeting together. Keep encouraging each other. And all the more as you see the day approaching, encourage each other in that word of God. Live together in peace. It still happens in congregations where there are misunderstandings, disagreements about ministry direction or how money is spoken of or how money is spent. Christians sin against one another. But live together in peace. We do this as we share the same forgiveness our God has given with us, with each other. We repent. We apologize. We forgive. We live together in peace. Paul also mentions here, greet one another with a holy kiss. That sounds rather strange to us, that's not how we greet people outside of our own family uh, at all. Yet that was a common Christian greeting back in those days. And notice there was nothing indecent about it. It was not a romantic kiss at all. It was a holy kiss, a sanctified one, a special Christian greeting that they had for each other. Today, we still greet each other, but just with a holy smile or a holy handshake or a holy elbow bump or a holy hug. It's so appropriate for Christians to celebrate their unity in the triune God that they have together. They did this as they sent greetings back and forth from congregation to congregation. Paul said all God's people here send their greetings. And we still do that today. Later this summer uh, in Michigan, is going to be a, our synod convention. Happens every other year. And brothers and sisters, united in our triune God, gather there from all over the country, from all over the world. Other church bodies that we're in fellowship with, united with, we send greetings back and forth with each other because we share together in the mission our God has given us to make disciples of all nations in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. After the sermon today, we'll confess our faith in the triune God using one of the three ecumenical creeds. All Christians all over the world hold to these three creeds because they confess our saving God's name. There's the Apostles, the Nicene, and, and today the Athanasian. Because of its length, we'll just say the first half, which focuses on our triune God. But what a blessing 
to know that there are other Christians all around the world that trust in, that look to, that are guided by the same triune God that we are. Reunited under his blessing. Many people have fountains in their office, in their living room, as part of their decor. And those fountains, they recycle the water. It falls down, trickles down, and then gets pumped up to the top so that it spurts out again. The same water over and over, trickling and flowing. You can hear it going and running 24-7. That's really what we need in the blessings from our God. The same blessings over and over, fresh and new and meaningful every single time we hear them. Any time we experience disagreement or difficulty, these blessings, they restore us with God. They reunite us with one another. So let these blessings of God bring you joy. Let them ring in your ears as we close our sermon today. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Please stand. I mean, the peace of our triune God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith using the words of the Athanasian Creed, but just a, a couple words of preface. The, the words in the beginning of this creed sound a little bit strong. You have to believe in the triune God? In all these points, this is all important? Well, of course it is. This is the one saving God. We believe in him, and we share him with others. Whoever wishes to be saved must, above all else, hold to the true Christian faith. Whoever does not keep this faith pure in all points will certainly perish forever. Now this is the true Christian faith. We worship one God in Trinity, and Trinity in unity, without mixing the persons or dividing the divine being. For each person, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, is distinct. But the deity of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is one, equal in glory and co-eternal in majesty. What the Father is, so is the Son, and so is the Holy Spirit. The Father is uncreated, the Son uncreated, the Holy Spirit uncreated. The Father is infinite, the Son infinite, the Holy Spirit infinite. The Father is eternal, the Son eternal, the Holy Spirit eternal. Yet they are not three who are eternal, but there is one who is eternal. Just as they are not three who are uncreated, nor three who are infinite, but there is one who is uncreated, and one who is infinite. In the same way, the Father is almighty, the Son is almighty, the Holy Spirit is almighty. Yet they are not three who are almighty, but there is one who is almighty. So the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God. Yet they are not three gods, but one God. So the Father is Lord, the Son is Lord, the Holy Spirit is Lord. 
Yet they are not three lords, but one Lord. For just as Christian truth compels us to confess each person individually to be God and Lord, so the true Christian faith forbids us to speak of three gods or three lords. The Father is neither made nor created nor begotten of anyone. The Son is neither made nor created, but is begotten of the Father alone. The Holy Spirit is neither made nor created nor begotten, but proceeds from the Father and the Son. So there is one Father, not three fathers, one Son, not three sons, one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits. And within this Trinity, none comes before or after, none is greater or inferior, but all three persons are co-equal and co-eternal, so that in every way, as stated before, the Trinity in unity and unity in Trinity is to be worshipped. Whoever wishes to be saved must have this conviction of the Trinity. Please be seated for prayer. Triune God, you are one eternal God whose name we praise forever. We would not have known you if you had not revealed yourself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons, yet one God. Remove from us all doubt and grant us humble faith as we contemplate this high and holy mystery. God, our Father, whatever good is in us, whatever good things we have done, and whatever good we do comes from you alone. In you we live and move and have our being. Lord Jesus, our Savior, you came into our world to make the Father known to us. You joined yourself to us by taking on our humanity and brought us back to God by shedding your blood. In love, you walked the way of suffering and carried the wrath of God that we deserved because of our sins. Help us believe that all you did and all you endured, you did to rescue us and set us free. Creator Spirit, you breathed into us new life by the power of the gospel, opened our eyes to see the light of your grace, and filled our minds with the clear sound of your voice. Through word and sacrament, lead us to understand more completely how broad and deep and high is the love of God in Christ Jesus. Firm up our resolve to do battle with Satan and sin. Eternal God, in your gracious love and perfect wisdom, you created marriage to be a unique blessing for your people. We thank you this weekend as we celebrate the marriage of Sam Eikhoff and Natalie Zerbel, and as we also celebrate the 35th wedding anniversary of Greg and Dawn Johnson. We praise you for your guiding hand that brought these couples together, for guarding them against temptation and growing their commitment to each other. Be with them in the future as you've been with them in the past, and according to your will, grant good health happiness, and many more years of life, love, and service together under your blessing. Hear us, Lord, as we pray in silence.
Holy Trinity, you are the God of glory, the God of grace, and the God of all comfort. Continue with our next hymn, 953. stand. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. be seated. Thank you so much for worshiping with us this morning. A few announcements. Uh, between services today, we'll have Family Bible Hour, and uh, during the summer months now, uh, since there's no Sunday school going on, we do invite